so really wonderful to have Dave and Liz with us. We, we love you guys, appreciate you. Um, Dave leads the apostolic team for our little part of New Frontiers, the New Ground uh, family of churches, which we so love being a part of, uh, not just here in, in the UK, but um, all over the world. So much of, as you know, what we're doing and praying into and the friends that we have and stand with in prayer. Those people in far-flung places, uh, those faces and names that appear on screens that we pray for as though they were our church. Um, it's because of Dave's team and their ministry and call that we're part of that, that family. So how wonderful to welcome them this morning. And we know when we receive uh, someone with an apostolic calling gift, we get apostolic momentum into the local church as well. So we're expecting and praying that as we come out the back of a, a month of prayer for kingdom breakthrough and we welcome an apostolic gift into the church. I think something rather combustible is going to happen, don't you? Um, so Dave and Liz, let's welcome them, shall we? Well, while they're chatting, <laughs> I'd love to say hello, and it's just so, so lovely to be here with you, part of the family that we're all a part of, and it's been a really weird two years, hasn't it? I mean, we travel a lot, as you know, and the last two years, we've not been anywhere apart from our house and local church. And it's been a really weird experience, but praise God for technology. And um, even in the worship, you know, we were hearing about just the incredible God's creation, you know, millions of stars and suns and, you know, and in the Christian family, God's got a very big family. It's massive, isn't it? And because we were contained in our house with just technology, we just spent two years connecting with friends all over the world, you know, spending hours online and just sharing our suffering, sharing our joys. And it's just incredible to know we, we are part of, connected to an amazing family that God is growing. And you here, you know, Brazil, Russia, and goodness knows what other countries you're involved in. It's just wonderful. Ukraine, hallelujah. So it's wonderful to all be together and uh, I better stop. There you go. I was really enjoying what you were sharing. It was really great. And so just to add, um, from our point of view, what a privilege it is for us to be here with you today. We're kind of on a... I don't think it's a tour, but we're kind of reconnecting in person as much as we can, as we believe and do pray for this, that we are actually emerging from this last season God willing not to go back into it again. Um, and so we are just traveling around, reconnecting. And it's such a joy when we found a, a way was open for us to be with you today. So enjoyed. I've already got a new song, which is... <laughs> be Courageous and Not Contagious, I think, is what we're going to sing. And um, uh, in a couple of weeks' time, we're in Guernsey. It's a little island uh, just off the north coast of France. They're part of our new ground family, and uh, for them it's been strange because although they've had very low COVID numbers because they kind of were able to isolate the island two years later, 
hardly anybody's been in and hardly anyone's been out. And so it's been a very strange experience for them. So we're going to be with, with them in a couple of weeks' time and then I'm off to Liverpool and then we're going to Scotland and just trying to reconnect with people who feel maybe are just a little bit uh, isolated for one reason or another. And just want to say to you, well done, church, because although you may not be aware of, we kind of watch you from afar and because uh, you can do that sort of thing now. So I've been watching online and when you did your is it Garden Church? Is that what you called it? We were all so jealous because we could only have about 35 people in a room all isolated. And there was you lot out there in the glorious sunshine having a wonderful, wonderful time. Yeah, well, it is the UK, isn't it? So I'm not sure you could do it this time of year, but it was just fantastic to watch you do that. And also to notice the way that I think you really kept that, those two important ingredients together, which is family and mission. And I just love the way that you as a church here in Crawley were able to just keep those two things going. And of course, they're both uh, vital for us. And I, I am going to share with you something from the words in a moment, but I just wanted to pause for a moment and, and maybe just reflect a little bit. Um, whatever you've been going through, it's been going, people have been going through it all over the world. Um, it's not isolated to your experience and I still feel that we're in a time of recovery. Uh, we're in a time of what I would call restoration. And what that means is that it's possible we lost some ground over these last two years. It'd be very odd if we didn't acknowledge that. But when you lose ground and you recognize it, it's ground to be then regained. And there's a lot, actually, that we are probably not aware of in COVID that we have already regained, but we just can't quite see it at the moment. And it's a time still to be renewed and a time to be refreshed. And I spend most of my time encouraging uh, leaders of churches, but also church communities, that the best way that I know <laughs> to be restored and renewed and refreshed is through the person of the Holy Spirit, which means... We must, as churches, give more and more room in this season to allow the Holy Spirit to come and do those things. Only he can really refresh us and renew us and restore us. And I really believe, I'm praying that throughout the rest of this year, we will even, dare I say, see a fresh new move of the Holy Spirit right across the UK, right across all God's people, whatever they label themselves, because in order for us to meet the needs of the people in our society here in the town of Crawley, which incidentally, those needs have increased, or at least they were hidden, but they're now very much out there on the surface. Um, in order for us to, in the grace of God, meet those needs, then we ourselves need to be fed. You can't feed the world. It's a bit like Joseph, you know, those seven years of storing up because a famine was coming. Well, we're still in a season where we need to store up the good things of God so that we're not, you know, I often describe myself and maybe you would identify this as not being match fit. <laughs> you know, if you took me out on the pitch right now to play 90 minutes, that's not going to happen. Just not, I'm just, I can do some, but not much. And I think we all feel a little bit like that. So it's a season of getting match fit. It's a season of restoring and getting back into training things. And, 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 you know, if you ask me to pray for people at the moment, I, I can do it. But I just feel, oh, I haven't done this for a long time. You have to get back into that, that kind of season. 
And maybe just a couple more reflections. One for me, I hope this isn't boring. I hope this, I'm, I'm finding it quite helpful. Um, <laughs> but for me, COVID, uh, uh, I, I realized after a while that this was not a brief thing, but actually quite a long-term thing. And so I saw it very much as an inconvenient interruption to my life, to the churches, to new ground. All our hopes of planting churches and nations of the world just all got on hold because it's hard to initiate anything in a global pandemic where you're not allowed to travel or do anything. And yet, as time went by, more and more of us began to see this isn't just some inconvenient interruption. This God who we've been worshipping about, who names every single however billion stars there are, and knows you intimately, and knows what's going on in this planet, that he doesn't, he's not the one who makes a global pandemic happen, but he turns it for his glory and for his good. And he is using this season in remarkable ways. And this is not an inconvenient interruption. It's actually an essential time of preparation, I believe, for what is yet to come. And one of the essential times of, of, that we're in is a time of change. And I think we have to acknowledge God is changing us. And maybe, just maybe, the pre-COVID church that we were all a part of wasn't yet ready and equipped to meet the needs of the world in which we live. And so God, in his grace and in his mercy, can use this time to prepare us for what is yet to come. The kind of church that will emerge will look different to the one that went into it. More refined, more changed, more robust, more kind of faith-filled and trusting God for a new day to come. And I think also, you know, COVID is God's grace message to our world, to our nation. I feel it's a massive wake-up call to people. It's been God's grace that many people here in Crawley have wondered about what life is all about. They weren't thinking about that very much beforehand or... Or what is going on? And you look at all the stats and all the mental health issues and, and people talking about death and people talking what is the meaning of life? And the reason there's so much hopelessness in the world is because people at last are waking up to think this material world in which I live is merely temporary and passing. It's not even worth, I'm starting to preach now, it's not even worth living for. And so you find yourself in a situation where you think, well, I... I really, really need to ask bigger questions about what life is all about. And we, the church, as we get reset in the grace and mercy of God ourselves, will know, and we've heard it already this morning, that Jesus really is the answer. And that, and that his words of life are the words that we know about that we are to speak into a world that's far, far, far removed from God. You're being raised in a secular, ungodly, atheistic environment all around, and you never really hear about Jesus. You don't hear him about home. You don't hear him about school anymore. You don't hear him, you know, mentioned other than a swear word in the streets in which we live. And this is a wonderful opportunity that is coming as we look forward to all that God has in store for us. And in one final thing, just to say we have a wonderful opportunity as a family of churches to really partner with one another, to, to reach the, the needs of our team, our, 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 if you like, when Jesus said, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So as new ground as a family of churches, we want to 
partner with Crawley Community Church in every way we can to help you reach your Jerusalem, which is this town in which we live. But not only here, but beyond here, to the regions around. I'm speaking on Thursday to a whole crowd of of new ground pastors about church planting because I want us to come out of this season restored again in order to plant churches throughout the United Kingdom. And you've got a part to play in that and even to the ends of the earth. Um, You've got a few elders, if you haven't noticed in your team, that are quite passionate about the ends of the earth. I'm pretty confident that's going to happen. And uh, for Danny and I, for example, um, uh, partnering in the whole issue of reaching the Portuguese-speaking world has been one of the joys over the last two years. He's actually doing the youth today, and he's a bit relieved because if he wasn't, he'd be sitting here listening to me. And he listens to me hour after hour after hour, translating goodness knows how many words into Portuguese. So I think it's a bit of a relief for him not to be here. He did ask to go on the rotor this morning, yeah. Um, but thank you for all of your support to us. Um, and please do stay engaged with us. If you go on the New Ground website, there's just so many wonderful things there about what, is God, what God is doing about a pandemic. But we want to engage with you, which is one of the reasons it's such a privilege to be here with you today. Let's turn to the Bible. If you have your Bibles with you, I'd like you to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Um, I don't think that was just a preamble, because I hope it will tie in a bit with what I'm going to share with you to stay today. And if you're online watching us, um, I hope you've got a decent coffee to keep you awake. I'm sure you have. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And verse 7, Paul says this, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Just pause just for a second and just wonder what on earth does that really mean? Verse 8, we are afflicted in every way but not crushed, perplexed but not driven to despair, persecuted and not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. One of the reasons, there are many, but one of the reasons why we Christians are here in Crawley on this planet And one of the main reasons why you and I, as Christians, have lived through this global pandemic and experienced everything that all the people around us have experienced is this. There is something in us that needs to be seen. That's why Christians are still here and we haven't been raptured and taken away. There's something that needs to be seen through your life and mine. And the reason we've gone through a pandemic, a global pandemic, and all the suffering is because there's something about you as a Christian that it needs to be seen. Not only that, but there's something in you as a Christian that everybody else is looking for, even though they may not know that. It's interesting. I've entitled this word hidden treasure. Question mark. Most treasure is buried. Why? Because you don't want anyone else to find it. 
I absolutely loved as a kid Robert Louis Stevenson's book, Treasure Island. And they've made various films, but there's nothing like the book. My little imagination of what it would mean to get to this island with all the maps and there's a little kid trying to find it all and there's a guy with a parrot on his shoulders. It's just exciting stuff. And you know the end of the story, but it's all about treasure, but it's about treasure that no one can find. Not even sure it's really there. But this treasure in you and me is not hidden and buried. It's actually meant to do the opposite. This treasure in us is meant to be on display. What is this treasure? Let's just think about that just for a moment so we're quite clear on what we're talking about. It's obviously not material. It's not possessions. And the Lord bless you if he's blessed you with loads of material possessions. But it's not really treasure. Do you know why? Because it's temporary. It's fading. It's not really worth giving your life to find something which is material and just going to vanish. And as good as that is, it's temporary and it can be stolen. As Liz and I found out last October when we came back from a friend's funeral memorial service to find there were still people in our house stealing property as we got there. It's temporary. It's passing. You can't live or put your hope in things that can be stolen and taken away. So what is this treasure that Paul's talking about? Look, he says in verse 7, but we have this treasure. What is this treasure? This treasure is a message that is good news that's had the power to get to the very root of your innermost being and change you. There's lots of messages around that can change people cosmetically on the outside, but I know of only one message that utterly changes you on the inside, at the very root of your, and that is treasure. Do you know why? Everybody wants to change. Everybody is aware that things are not right about themselves. They're looking for something, hope that could change them, and you and I as Christians have received a message that they need to know and see, which is that you can be changed at the very root of your innermost being. The Bible calls it being born again. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. We are in Christ, he is in us. And this treasure that God has put within you, if you are a child of God this morning, is real and it's lasting, and it's satisfying, and it never fades. In fact, the Bible says it's imperishable. Oh, I could get really excited about this. God has put something in you that no matter what the world throws at you, global pandemics and everything else, it will never, ever be destroyed. In fact, it's something of eternity that's come into you, like a seed into your life. Not only that, you now know as a Christian that should you die tomorrow, you, are, you know exactly where you're going to go. I mean, isn't that worth treasure? Isn't that a treasure worth people knowing about? So you've got a life-changing message, which is good news, which has completely transformed you in the innermost part of your being. And not only that, it's imperishable. It can't be taken away. It's lasting. This treasure is that when you and I put our faith in the work of Jesus on the cross, this treasure is you know real forgiveness for the first time in your life. 
You know what it means to be utterly, utterly forgiven. Undeserved, unmerited, not something that you did to earn it, but all done through the sacrificial death of Jesus upon the cross. And not only that your sins are forgiven, but also the Bible says eradicated. It's just incredible that your sins are forgiven, but the Bible says as far as from the east is from the west, they have been removed from you. In other words, they're no longer there. You are, you are, your past is eradicated, and this gives you peace, peace with God. Can I just carry on a little bit? You, some of you are beginning to look a little bit excited, which is good. And also, you have now a clear conscience, and I've been a Christian for so many years. I, I take it for granted that I wake up every morning with a sense of clear conscience. Why? Because the work on G, of Jesus on the cross, even though I'm guilty, has made me innocent. Before God, the guilt, you can't be innocent and guilty at the same time. You're either one or the other. And your clear conscience comes from knowing that you've been forgiven and the sins have been eradicated and you're now right with God. It's a clear conscience. It gives you, this treasure gives you a reason to live. This treasure fills you and doesn't leave you empty. The treasure in you is that Jesus has been raised from the dead and he's alive and he's living in you. And his power in you can transform you. The treasure is also that you're now children of God, adopted into God's family. God is now your father and you know that. You're not trying to become a child of God, you already are. You're not trying to believe that he's your father, he really, really is. This treasure is his kingdom. All the rule and reign, it's great to know him as saviour, but this treasure in you is he's come to rule and reign in your life to do you good, to meet every need and to use you for his glory in whichever way he chooses you to be used. If you're still looking at 2 Corinthians 4, just one final little bit of the treasure. Verse 6, the first before we read, just look at this. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shone in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge, knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. There's a lot of words there, but it just means you know God and you have revelation and he's been known to you, and now you know who he is. Listen, folks, what I have just described is what everybody is looking for. This is treasure worth. You can, I mean, you read stories, don't you, of multi-billionaires. Are they happy? They're still looking for more and still looking for more. You may have very little, but you've got this treasure. You've got everything. That people would give up everything in order to have what you've got. When we walk around Crawley, we should hold our heads a little bit higher these days. You have no idea who's just walked past you. But I'm a child of God with treasure within me that everybody that's looking at me now doesn't know that I've got, but they all need it. It's kind of a different way of looking at yourself, isn't it, really? And if you are here this morning or maybe watching online and, and you know in your heart that you don't have this treasure, then the great news for you is no one here that is a Christian was good enough in order to receive it. We haven't worked ourselves to this, which means that this treasure is available for you today. And I think there are people here or online that maybe are thinking, do you know what, I don't, I don't have this treasure. I really, really do need to know what these people are talking about. And today is an opportunity for you to know the treasure in your life. And if you are a Christian and you know, you put your hand up and say, yep, this treasure is within me, 
This is in you. This is what you need to understand. This is the burden of my, my message this morning, really, is it's not there to be hidden. There are too many people around you looking for this treasure, and it's in you. And you're thinking to yourself, maybe, well, it may be in me, but what they see on the outside is just not good news. You know, there are lots of forms of evangelism. We've just heard about one, Alpha, online Alpha, in-person, guest services, events, garden church, whatever it might be, street evangelism, all these things are totally valid and, and many, many people do them. But there is another form of evangelism and that's this, people need to meet you. That's a bit strange to say that, but that's really what Paul is saying, that we have this treasure. People need to meet this treasure. They need to experience it. So I want to ask the question, how will people see the treasure that God has put in you? And there are two answers, I believe, to that question. The first is this, of what it says in verse 7. This treasure is placed in jars of clay. The first way people see the treasure in you is the vessel into which the treasure is placed, which is a jar of clay. An earthen pot. If you go to a marketplace in the Middle East, for example, or Turkey or somewhere like that, you'll see, you'll come across the pots section. And they're earthen pots and jars of all different sizes and descriptions. And they look very vulnerable. And they look very um, frail. <laughs> And you know what? They don't look terribly impressive. They're different sizes and shapes, but there's so many of them. You're tempted just to walk past and not even bother to look. The one thing about them is they look very, very ordinary. And that's what you are. You're a pot. Turn to the person next to you and say, I am a pot. I am a pot, yeah. It doesn't take long to say I am a pot. <laughs> and that's what we are. This treasure has been placed into a jar of clay. You and I are vulnerable. You and I are breakable. You and I, if I'm, I'm just, I'm talking about myself as you, as much as you, so don't get offended. We are not very impressive to look at from the outside. When people look at us Christians, well, they're just, well, you know, not very impressive. And when you think of what I just described of what the treasure is, compared to what we've just describing now as the container, the jar of clay, those two, what a contrast the treasure is to the pot, the clay vessel into which it's placed. And that is exactly the point. Look at verse 7. This is important. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show. See that, those two words, to demonstrate, to show that the surpassing power in you belongs to God and not to you. This is about God, not you. This is about the treasure, not that which contains it. And so our ordinariness, our in, unimpressiveness, is that a word? Our, our frailty and our weakness is actually key. Now, you've got to stay with me because not every church or 
TV show that's a Christian thing says what I'm now saying. Sometimes I say the opposite, but this is biblical. This is really important. And COVID, this is a COVID word still, has demonstrated this more than ever. Christians who are always trying to look outwardly impressive, spending so much time and how do I come across? What do people in church think about me? If only I was like her, because she's so gifted and amazing, and if I was like her, then maybe God could use me. We're besotted sometimes with the impression that we give and the outward show that we can display. I don't know whether this ever occurred to you, that the more time you spend improving the pot, the more hidden the treasure becomes. Whereas if we were to call it a day and say, do you know what, I'm not very impressive at all, I'm a very weak container, the treasure might be seen all the more. Treasure is seen in people that are up and down, inconsistent, obviously marred, probably flawed, because it's not you or I that's attractive, it's the treasure in us. Now, this is not an excuse for some of us Christians to go, well, there you go, nothing bothers, I'm just weak and feeble and everything else, let's hope the treasure comes through. (laughs) 2 Corinthians chapter 12 It's very interesting. Paul, I'll just tell you the context of this. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9. Paul says these very well-known words because he's weak and feeble and he's got an affliction and God doesn't seem to be taking it away from him even though he doesn't want to have it. It says in, in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses. Sounds like Paul doesn't mind being called a jar of clay. So that, same as we've just looked at, the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ then, then I am content. And here comes some COVID moments with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I and strong. And the context to this was there were a whole load of people turning up who were claiming to be apostles and their authority was their outward strength, their signs and wonders, their, their, their authoritative teaching. And they're trying to argue who's the real deal? Is it Paul or is it the super apostles, as Paul called them? And Paul says, Here's my badge of authority when I am weak. The very one thing that the super apostles never spoke about. Paul said, you know, it's when I'm weak that the power of God becomes manifest. And if there's a Christian here today and COVID has added to it, you feel inadequate and you feel weak and you feel unimpressive, you are in very good company. Because even the Apostle Paul says, look at me, nothing to look at. But when I'm weak, then I'm strong because the power of God is displayed through me. There's something in God's wisdom that through our weakness, his treasure is seen. Let me just remind you of this um, well-known scripture as well, 1 Corinthians and chapter 1, verse 26. Consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. 
It's good, isn't it, to look at these things. <laughs> How did you get on your GCSEs? No, we won't ask that question. Not many wise according to your worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. The Countess of Huntington, who was saved during Wesley's revival, used to love this verse. She was royalty and noble. She said, it does say, not many. <laughs> I got in somehow. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is, what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not to bring to nothing Things that are so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. It's so important, brothers and sisters, that we understand that in God's wisdom, he's chosen weak people. I'm not sure that I've ever felt more inadequate to do what God has called me to do in the last two years. I mean, I've had just moments when I've just thought, Lord, there's just no way I can do what you're calling me to. I feel so inadequate. I feel so weak. I feel so ordinary. I feel that I'm just not up for this. And all these scriptures just confirm over and over again that it's not about your adequacy, but it's about his treasure in you, what is put within you, being on display even through our weakness. And yes, we are becoming more and more like Jesus. Hallelujah. We are being changed from one degree of glory to another. We don't stay just the same as we were. We are changed. But even in all those wonderful changes, the power of God is still always seen through our weaknesses. I hope that this is encouraging you this morning. I think there are some of us that are still beating ourselves up. And that is not God's desire for you. However, if you're feeling, you know, I've, I, I've not been great. I've not been doing well. And actually, these last two years, I have to be honest and say, they've even made me feel more inadequate and more weak. This message to you this morning is, nevertheless, the treasure is still there. No one can take it away. And nevertheless, rise up this morning and say, well, Lord, I am inadequate and weak, but hallelujah, even through my weakness and inadequacy, your word says the treasure will be seen. It will shine through to your glory. And the second and final thing is this. So we, people see the treasure through our jars of clay. But secondly, they'll see it through living life. And living life the same as all those people around us live. If you noticed, we go through the same issues. And yet... The reason we go through these issues is there's something different about us. So listen, folks, you may not know this, but people watch us. Your neighbors, your friends, your family members, people at school, at college, in the workplace, down the street, at the school gate, wherever it is that you do community. If people know that you're a Christian, they kind of watch. And you think, oh, well, that's not good news. That's really bad news that people are watching me because look at me. I'm in that. But what we've been just been saying, as they're looking, they start to see, hang on a minute, you're going through this COVID pandemic, but there's something different about you. What is it? You're going through hassles and difficulties and struggles. You don't escape all these things. And yes, there's something. What is this thing about you that's different? And it's not at that point that you will say to your friends and family, I'm glad you noticed. <laughs> it's about time you saw what an amazing person I am. No, 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 no. If you get into a good conversation, you're going to say to them, do you know what? Maybe, maybe the thing that you're noticing is this inside of me 
something that God has placed in his grace and mercy and good news. And, and if he can do this for me, then he can certainly do this for you as well. So the question, what's different about you, is the treasure speaking. Have you noticed Christians go through tough stuff? Have you noticed Christians suffer? I've got some friends, one particularly who's a pastor and he's gone through the whole COVID thing with his church. This has been one of the most draining, exhausting times for anybody involved in church leadership, just to let you know that. Please be kind to your leaders. It's been such a complicated... We're an embodied people, for goodness sake, and we're not allowed to meet together. This is a really tough season. And yet I know pastors who... And, and, and he's going through all of that and, and they've lost friends and they've had disappointments. One guy I know, he's, he's got a son that's returned from university who's self-harming, doesn't want to go back. He's got a mother who's dying of some illness that she doesn't know. He's got a sister who's tried to commit suicide. I mean, it's just like, have you noticed Christians go through some of these difficult times? The difference is that when you go through them in the same way as everybody else, there is peace that's real peace. Not a peace that flits in and out, but a peace that Jesus said goes beyond understanding. You don't have to understand everything in order to get this peace. In fact, we get this peace when we don't understand everything. And there's joy in our lives that's real joy that's not affected by the circumstances in which we live and there's freedom that's real freedom and there's peace and there's love that's real love 1 Thessalonians 5 16 17 says rejoice always pray ceaselessly and give thanks in all circumstances how have you done with that verse because the deal is this to wait for the pandemic to go to wait for your circumstances and then I will rejoice or, or, or then I'll start praying. Do you know what? I will give thanks once this is over. Trouble is when this is over, there'll be another circumstance. Do you understand? So we need to learn how to rejoice and how to pray ceaselessly and how to give thanks within our circumstances. And when we do this, then we're living in a world that will say there's something different about you. As I'm preaching this verse, I'm looking at my wife and I'm thinking, she knows how well I've done on that verse over these last two years. Look at verse 8. We're coming to a close. So we're back in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and just verse 8. I find this a fascinating verse because I think this describes people all around me and all around you. I think we're living as a result of this pandemic, and I don't think we've even started to see the full fruit of it. I think that's yet to come in the next few years. But I look at verse 8 and I realise I'm surrounded by people who are crushed, who are perplexed, who are persecuted, and who have been struck down. We're surrounded by people who, who genuinely feel, as well as such a mental health issue, that they're crushed and full of despair, People who feel forsaken. I mean, we use the word isolate yourself. I mean, people feel not only isolated, but forsaken and even destroyed. I think it was always there, all of that, before the pandemic. I think it's just now out on the surface. You, you watch news on the TV. They quickly interview someone. And almost the first thing they say, I am, I am not doing well. 
You know, that used to be something you never talked about. Now everyone talks about it because it's so out there. Christians display something different, even though we go through the same things other people. I'm trying to, trying to, trying to show us from the word of God how vital it is that we don't disappear so that the power of God might be seen through us. Look what it says. We are afflicted in every way. We haven't got time to look at it, but 2 Corinthians Chapter 1, verses 3 to 4, are just about the God of all comfort who comforts us in our affliction. Do you know why he comforts us in our affliction? So that we might comfort others. You can't comfort others if you don't go through affliction yourself. Now, I'm sure your week of prayer, no one prayed, Lord, please can we have some more affliction so that we can comfort those who are afflicted? You don't have to pray that prayer. It's happening anyway. But the amazing thing about Christians, I want you to see this. We are afflicted, look at it, it says, in every way, but we're not crushed. Isn't that amazing? Why? Because there's treasure in us. We are perplexed. Hands up. Anybody who's been perplexed about anything in the last two years. Come on. You'd be very weird. You know, I remember speaking to a lady at a meeting a few months ago. She said, the problem is... I'm really perplexed. I said, oh, good. The Apostle Paul says exactly the same thing. She was saying it as if there's something terrible about me. No. There's something very weird about you if you're not perplexed. We just don't understand what's going on. But here's the deal for the treasure that people need to see. We may be perplexed, of course, but we're not given to despair. Because inside of you, there is hope. There is a treasure that goes beyond those things. And then this little phrase, persecuted. So, well, we're okay. We're not being persecuted as Christians. I've got some not good news for you. It's coming. You can look around the world today and think, oh, those Christians in China are being really persecuted. In India right now, massive persecution going on in India. Uh, you know, they're the, But persecution can become very subtle. I do believe that we are going to know increasingly persecution in these coming days. Hey guys, we got through COVID. What's a bit of persecution? Come on, you got through this. Bring it on. Because in the reality, every time the church is persecuted, it results in what? More treasure being seen. More life coming through. More growth. And again, we don't ask for it. But if standing for Jesus in Crawley means that people don't like, as someone said to me the other day, we really like what you do, but we hate what you believe. You can't have one without the other. Let's keep doing the things that churches should do to feed people and meet all their needs. But it doesn't mean that they'll automatically love what you believe. And so there is persecution. But the wonderful thing about us in persecution, when it happens, is we're never forsaken. If you go on a Newground podcast, uh, you go to the Life and Leadership podcast that's there you hear an interview with a young man who was saved from a, a muslim background in iran and at the age of 20 was thrown into prison for three and a half years it's an amazing interview and all through that interview what you get is joy and peace and life it's just amazing i think you're 20 years old three and a half years some of which is in solitary confinement and he comes across as so wonderful as a person on this interview, do you know why? Because his testimony is, I was never forsaken. Every day I knew Jesus, who just transformed my life, was with me in that prison cell. And then finally it says here in this verse, struck down 
Even if as Christians we are struck down, we are not destroyed. You've got the message by now, haven't you? Why? Because there's a treasure in you that cannot be removed and cannot be taken away. Hallelujah. I hope this morning that there are some of you who are encouraged by this word. As you begin to just reflect and realize, I'm not a very impressive jar of clay I am weak and frail and I I've been all over the place my emotions up and down none of this disqualifies you from God using you for his wonderful glory let's pray together Lord if anybody's watching this or anybody's here today and they have never taken that step to ask you, Jesus, to come into their lives, which means they've never had that experience of knowing treasure. I just believe, even as we're praying, there are people who are searching for treasure that is hidden. And this morning you're hearing about treasure that is on display and available for you. Father, I ask now for people to reach out to you to put their faith in you. And Lord, could it be even today there are people that will find this treasure for the first time in their lives. Anybody watching this or, or, or here today that's just raised in church and you just come because you come because you come, today is an opportunity for you to be receiving the real deal, the treasure of Jesus in your life. And then I pray, Father, so fervently this morning for anybody that's a Christian. And you, we know we're jars of clay, that there'll be people who will stop beating themselves up, will stop thinking, well, who am I? I'm just inadequate. Yeah, but there's treasure in you that the world's looking for. And I pray in Jesus' name that many people this morning will take a step of faith and say, nevertheless, in all my inadequacy and weakness, would you let your light shine through me? Impaired, marred, flawed, up and down though I am, let the grace of God that came to me be seen and revealed to those around me. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and just rest upon us right now. I just finally just want to pray for anybody here today who, who's even wondered about giving up. just feel there's a few people that have even thought, you know, I, I've hardly even got the effort to come back to church or to re-engage with people. I'm so tired and weary. just really want to pray for you. The Holy Spirit will stir you and say, do you know what? I've put within you power that goes beyond your natural weakness. I've put within you my authority, which goes beyond what you feel you can or cannot do. And Holy Spirit, I pray for people today to take steps of faith, to get out more, to get moving more, and believing even through our weakness, the glory 
and the power of God will be manifest. Would you do it, Lord, in Jesus' name? Amen.